This is the audio-only version of MedTwitter This Week. If you're interested in seeing the full video, please check us out on YouTube, Periscope, or Twitter. Let's hit it. All right, welcome back, guys. I'm going to bring you a tweet from Maximilian Cruz, or Maximilian Cruz, which is his handle on Twitter. It says, all right, guys, with yet another new clinical year approaching, a new and updated thread on MedPeds to help provide some clarity on what MedPeds is and isn't, especially for those rising M4s, some of who may not have had full IMPeds clerkship experiences, and they're trying to determine their careers. So to help me talk about this is... Maximilian Cruz. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, Chris. How's it going? <laughs> good, good. So my big question is, what prompted you to make this tweet today and not yesterday or next week or last week? I don't know. Sure. So why not yesterday or last week is an easy one. Um, procrastination. Um, but eventually I do get around to doing some of the things I would like to do. I actually had kind of a, a similar thread almost a year ago that I had initially tweeted out um, and the main impetus for it was personally coming from I actually came from a Newton med school also no med peds affiliation um, like residency wise so kind of a double whammy um, and I really kind of stumbled on med peds I was initially going into peds in my mind and then I ended up loving my ambulatory experience um, my medicine clerkship and we had one med peds doc in our entire hospital system um, Dr. Charlotte Nussbaum, who was just amazing, and I was told to go talk to her, um, and I did, and she just turned into this amazing, just incredible mentor who really got me to where um, I am now here at Cincinnati. So I, I think my personal approach and kind of mindset of this is there's so many people out there who I think could be great fits for MedPeds. Not everyone, you know, is. Not everyone needs to go into MedPeds, but I think especially these days with social media being such an incredible platform that reaches so many people and such an audience you otherwise can't get out to, um, trying to get the word out there to people who don't have affiliated MedPeds programs, who have mentors or advisors who maybe are trying their best to advise them, but I think there's a lot of myths and misinformation that's perpetuated. Um, so just trying to get another way to get out there to them. Right now, especially I think with what will be a very different and challenging interview season um, with it being virtual. And then looking back the last couple months, a lot of med students who had their core IM or PEDS rotations um, weren't able to do those. So you might have a lot of students who were thinking about early in the year, hoping to solidify that choice with their rotations and now can't um, and don't necessarily have away rotations where they can sample these things or sub eyes. I don't know exactly what different programs are doing with sub eyes. So just a little bit, um, of a way to give some insight into what MedPeds is um, in a way that maybe others can't. So obviously I love MedPeds because I'm MedPeds, but <laughs> if you were to you pitch MedPeds to, 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 to a student who's sitting in front of you right now, what would you say? Elevator pitch. Elevator pitch. So I, I think the summary is it's, it's, a, com it's a combined program. It's, it's actually the only ACGME accredited combined program. Um, it's four years, cut down from six. Um, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. Um, so I, I tell people it's, it's something where you, you, you have to love both medicine and pediatrics to do it. Um, it's not for everyone. It's not something where, you know, you should go into it because you think maybe you might like both. Um, it's, it's hard. It's not easy. It's hard. But you will learn so much out of it. And there's so much transferable knowledge and information that you get and carry with you from one side to another. 
Um, I don't think it's necessarily, I, I don't know, this is just my personal view. I don't necessarily think it's that much harder than any other residency because all residencies are hard, right? There's always a ton of information you need to know. Intern year, you, no matter what you go into, you feel like you're half drowning. I think sometimes you just become hyper aware of it when you're kind of switching systems. I think it's the system change, um, but it's doable. You can do it. Um, and you have an incredible community that you're going to join if you step into this community and you will be supported your whole way through. Um, so I don't know. I think there's no one reason to go into it. Um, there's a million reasons to go into it. There's a million things people do coming out of it. Um, there's no one med peds physician. Um, and if it's something you're interested in, you should really look more into it. Now you said you wanted to myth bust a little bit. I mean, what, what, in your mind, what is what is one? What are some of the biggest myths about MedPeds that you were trying to, to to tell people that aren't true? Sure. So again, coming from a school um, newer, um, although the teaching hospital Cooper had been around for a long time, um, but not having an affiliated re residency program. But even with even in residency, you hear some of these things a lot of the time from attendings or other residents. Um, less so where I'm at, just because the culture. I'm sure Ohio State, you guys have. A huge presence. The culture is just kind of there. People know what MedPeds is. Um, but I think the most frequent one was, oh, so you just couldn't decide. You don't know what you want to go into. And I was like, no, I, I, I have decided going into MedPeds. I'm doing medicine. I'm doing pediatrics. That's I, like, I don't know. It just never really made sense to me. Like, no, I, I chose. This is my decision. Um, I, if I wanted to procrastinate, this would be a terrible way of doing it, right? Like an extra year, <laughs> twice the amount of ITEs, um, <laughs> actually more because you have the extra year of ITEs, two board exams. Like it just, it's nonsensical to me. Um, and then the other one is this, this constant comparison to, well, you, why don't you just do FM? Like that's, that makes way more sense. Um, and I think surprisingly, I think people don't realize like most people going into MedPeds, the decision isn't FM versus MedPeds. It's usually medicine versus MedPeds or PEDS versus MedPeds. There is a small amount that are debating that FM versus MedPeds, but it tends to be a different person, right? FM is just, is an amazing specialty that caters to a lot of different things. Um, if you really want to go PCP route, have a really broad training, you want to do some OBGYN OB surgery experience, those are things. And there's such a, there's so many different flavors of FM, right? Um, MedPeds, it's, it's medicine, it's peds. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty simple really in its essence. And most programs are very similar, um, cause you have to meet those core requirements, um, to make sure we meet ACGME accreditation. Um, so it, you, you'll hear it a lot and it's just not true. There, it's like I said in my, my Twitter, it's apples to oranges. It's just not, other than like you could end up practicing primary care that's like the only thing that's similar, but that's like, if you go into medicine and you don't do a subspecialty, you're going into primary care. You're just not seeing half of that age range and then vice versa with peds are going into like, so like it just, it doesn't make sense to me. It's not a, it's, it's non-comparable truly. I mean, for me personally, in my, my experience in my journey through med peds, a lot of it was um, a combination of what did I love about med peds was the fact that I, just have a huge broad range of interests. And for me, what MedPeds has allowed me to really enjoy is the fact that my training in pediatrics is comparable to my training in medicine yeah. versus I feel that, 
you know, I have some great family medicine colleagues as well. You know, I have my, my mother-in-law's family medicine. My, my father was a GP, so he was a generalist. Um, but really the, my ability in my pediatrics to really take care of very complex pediatric patients on par with my ability to take care of really sick um, adult medicine patients. I think that's what attracted me. And it really makes me feel much more confident and comfortable. Yeah. Versus, um, I'm not, no, I, you know, I'm sure I, if I wanted to, and I went through family medicine, I could probably have um, good understandings, but I, I don't think residencies are designed the same way. You know, yeah. on pediatrics, I'm able to, um, you know, I've done my rotations on inpatient endo. I can take care of, or at least have good experience and knowledge of taking really sick type one diabetics who have presented, um, which are things that I don't know if, if I was in a family medicine residency in the community, what I, whether I would have the opportunity to have the same experiences. And I think MedPeds allowed me to, to easily have those experiences that I wanted. Right. And I think that's a big takeaway, right? All, every single MedPeds program you look at nationally, and that's why I tell every student, you're going to get great training wherever you go because they all have those requirements. That's the expectation. That's the standard. FM, like, like I said, there's so many flavors. You, if you really want to have great peds training there, I'm sure there are certain programs that really focus on that and make sure like FMMS, you know, you're, you're the things you zone in on, you're doing more rotations in that. Just like there's some that really gear you to be great at OBGYN more so than others. Um, but MedPeds, that's what we are. That's, that's what it is. No matter what, that's what you're stepping into. You don't have to go out of your way to kind of sort through which programs are going to do that for you. Speaking of OBGYN, definitely OB is not my favorite part of medicine. So MedPeds was one of a perfect fit for me as well. (laughs) Not my forte. (laughs) Anything else you want people to know about your tweet? Otherwise I really encourage people to read the whole thing, especially if you don't know what you want to go into. Yeah, I would just say in general, um, no, I mean, truly knowing that all doors are open to you. Um, I think people are sometimes surprised by how versatile people are after residency and the combos of fellowships that people go into. And that, you know, I know I say it on there, but it's sometimes hard to believe, especially as a medicine, like people really do create their own kind of fellowships if they don't exist. They make these choose your own adventures. They work with their home institutions or other institutions. One of our graduating fourth years is going to be a combined hemonc fellow at St. Jude in Memphis. Um, a lot of people go into primary, like there's just so many flavors and the online, especially MedPeds community is so supportive. And Dr. Nussbaum, when I was looking um, as an M3, um, M3, M4, put me in touch over the phone with like six, seven different people, residents, attendings, all of whom had a different story to tell. One person was like doing wilderness medicine in Alaska, getting ready to do like wilderness, like he wanted to be a doc and was actually going to be some kind of base camp doc at Everest. Another person was a PCP. Another person was a specialist of some sort. Um, but all of them said the same thing in that they would never trade that MedPeds residency training. And that was my big question coming out, right? It was like, well, do you regret doing four years of this if you ended up just doing peds, whatever, or adult, whatever? And I said, oh gosh, no, like I have such a different perspective. Um, and it's such a different way of looking at my patients that I, I don't think I could ever have otherwise. And so reach out to people, reach out to me, reach out to Chris. Um, people are willing to help you, to mentor you. And if they don't think you are the right person for them, they'll put you in touch with someone who is interested in what you're interested in. Um, so my biggest thing is just putting yourself out there um, and engaging with us as a community. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so 
Um, I'm going to move on. I'm going to go on to my honorable mentions of the week. So my first honorable mention is from Mike Putnam. Um, this is a little further away, maybe on the 11th of May. Um, he, he, he did a tweet on the new 2020 ACR guidelines. I think I really liked, I really loved it. You know, things that I took away, you know, we already knew don't treat asymptomatic hyperuricemia, but okay to start uh, urate-lowering therapy during a flare, which I thought was really interesting. There was some discussion about that afterwards, though. Treating the target of uric acid less than uh, six indefinitely and allopurinol being first line, I thought these were really, really interesting things. Um, my next honorable mention would be from Dr. Avi Cooper. I seem to be talking about Avi every week. Um, but um, Avi had actually a couple of tweets, but the one I want to highlight is the fact that he had a poem that came up in JAMA Current. It was about truth in medicine and his illness experience. So I really encourage everyone to check out the tweet. I'll obviously link it below, but read the beautiful poem. And uh, I might have a special project coming up with him about this later. My, my last uh, honorable mention would be from, uh, from Dr. Benet Apin by way of Dr. Sanjay Patel. It was uh, a nice tweet. I was talking about this, this, uh, this app called Variate Sim App which is an innovative way to gamify implicit bias. So there's been a lot of discussion about implicit bias. I mean, I think anyone who follows uh, Dr. Quinn Capers um, here at OSU um, will, will understand and know about implicit bias or have heard about it. Um, but definitely it impacts our ability to treat our patients every day. And so um, a little more knowledge about that is always welcome. So I would check out that tweet and the app. So Max, what... Uh, do you have any picks of the week? I do. I have. Um, so one, well, two, one would just be a general individual I love following, especially in these times. Um, Dr. I don't know. I, I might butcher an name. Brian Carmody, or I think it's Carmody. Brian Carmody, um, yeah. I think we're all familiar with him at this point, but he's just such an incredible advocate for students and consistently kind of um, advocating on their behalf, especially in regards to specifically USMLE, MBME, all this testing and kind of the injustices that um, have come from those. I just love following him. I learned so much from him. Yeah, and um, Avio Glasser and I, we talked about one of his tweets, I think last week. So yeah, uh, I'll, 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 I'll link his handle down below for people to follow him. It's just, you, I learned so much from him. And he's changed my mind on a couple things over the course of the last months just from following him. So um, always going in open-minded. Excellent. Um, what else do you have? And then my other one is actually from um, two residents from my home institution, um, Nicole Damar and then Daniel Song. They, so it's tweeted out on our Cincy MedPeds residency Twitter handle, and it started last week. Um, the backstory is, I guess, in the beginning of intern year, Nicole, unbeknownst to the rest of us, um, has been, she started texting her co-interns um, pearls once a week, kind of just her frustrations, her thoughts, her feelings, her emotions. Um, and after like the first two or three weeks, they loved it so much that they all kind of said, hey, can you keep doing this? And so somehow over the entirety of intern year, she has. And once a week, she'll sit down and use this kind of as her own outlet, I guess, and um, kind of just text them whatever she comes up with, um, almost like journaling to her peers. And so Daniel has taken over a lot of our social media accounts um, and he's come up with like little themes of every day and Wednesday wisdom is his Wednesday theme. And he features her kind of samplings of her pearls that she has shared with him over the year. 
And the first look we got into it, the rest of the program that we even heard about this was last week. And she had this beautiful story about, you know, the heart and systole and diastole and how the heart, this tremendous organ that really, you know, drives our body, needs diastole to fill this moment of rest to do its work. And how we also as humans should, you know, find these moments of rest. She says it way more eloquently than I ever could. Um, and I, I thought it was so awesome that Daniel has um, created illustrations for these that go along with it that are beautiful. And then they're great. They come along. I, they're so fun. I'll probably be putting it here in the video. Perfect. <laughs> um, and then this, and then just check out this week's cause it's even, it somehow is even better. It's just about the kidneys and kind of the way they filter the things for our body and knowing what we do and we don't need and kind of the same way we should do that with the things that, you know, come in and out of our lives and what to let go of. And again, she says it way more eloquently than I ever could. And it's, it's just so cool to see your colleagues um, and all the amazing things that they can do on top of, you know, we see them in the hospital, we see the, how great they are at medicine. And I think we sometimes lose sight of um, all these incredible things they can do outside of the hospital and the people that we really are. So I loved it. And I think, I think all of you guys will too. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, so I think that I think we should call it for the week. I really appreciate how you ha you being on. Um, is there anything you want to plug before we, we, we go? Other than MedPeds, no, that's it. <laughs> but we have a project together, don't we? We do have a project together. Um, well, it, yes. So the Cribsiders. Um, I am unbelievably excited to be part of the team um, led by you and Justin Burke. Um, it's the idea of being, bringing just this amazing content and quality podcast to the Pete's world, similar to what the, the curbsiders has really done in the adult side. Um, I think as med peds, we often see kind of the difference between the medicine FOMED and the Pete's FOMED. And I think Pete's is still trying to catch up and I, I am so excited and hope that this will kind of spurn um, a FOMED revolution on the Pete's side. Like I, I truly think curbsiders on the adult side, you have cardio nerds, you have CPS, you have um, the new one by Hannah Abrams and Tony, but I forget the name of it. Um, the what, Curious Clinician. Curious Clinician, that's it. Um, and I really think these are all spun off and kind of um, motivated by what you guys have accomplished for the curbsiders. So I'm really hoping in the next few years we can kind of help do that same thing on the Pete side. So folks, look out for this. Um, the Cribsiders will be premiering sometime this summer, maybe late June, early July. And Maximilian Cruz here is producing, helping produce one of these episodes. So stay tuned and, and find out, all right? So thanks for being on. Thanks so much, Chris. I appreciate right, it. <laughs>